Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the world transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At the World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us, and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am amazing. How are you, my friend? I am also amazing. This is our Amazing Wednesday show, and we got some cool stuff to talk about tonight. We got some cool stuff to talk about. We're going to make up for Monday, right? We, we, we ended on kind, <laughs> Monday kind of, was a a down of a downer. downer. It, yeah. yeah, it was a downer. A little bit of it. We thought it was a sandwich, but it turned out it was just bad news all the way through, right? You know, and I guess yeah. that's true. If you put something bad in the middle of a sandwich, it's a bad sandwich, right? There's nothing you can. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you can't you can't overcome a you know a bad sandwich with uh, with you know with like good a, bread. A, yeah, if, good if bread the meat is spoiled or, or the cheese is moldy, it's, it's a bad, bad sandwich. So. Yeah. so we've learned, but we do love our sandwich metaphor. I think we're going to keep going with that because we've had a lot of fun with it over the last couple shows. Okay, but tonight it's all. Fun. It's all amazing. We're talking about quark fusion, spinach hearts, and back to the moon. And there's some other great stories in there as well. Once in a while, it's great just to look at all the amazing, wonderful, positive things that are happening. And that's what we've got a lineup of here tonight. This first one, quark fusion produces eight times more energy than nuclear fusion. This is some research coming off the Large Hadron Collider. It has occurred to some researchers that similar to the thermonuclear process that one day we hope will produce fusion energy for us by fusing hydrogen nuclei, that there is a more fundamental fusion that can take place at the quark level, turning quarks into baryons, that could produce significantly more energy. So it's theoretical at this point. No one is building a reactor or anything like that. But what's cool about this, I think, is it gives us somewhere to go even from fusion. And of course, We've been eager to get to fusion for some time. It's, it's the yeah. energy of the future has been my whole life. And I hope that it's someday it won't be the energy of the future. It'll be what we're currently using. But, but when we are currently using it, we'll also have this to look forward to. And you know what? There's something beyond that, too, which is, which is interesting. We have no idea what that is. But there's something that will probably produce 10 times as much as quark fusion somewhere down the road. So uh, it's uh, pretty, pretty cool. This stuff. is interesting. It's it's uh, you know we've we've joked many times that fusion uh, power, fusion reactors are just uh, you know they're, they're perpetually thirty years away, right? Right. Exactly. Uh, so there there may be with this with this just being still very theoretical with nuclear fusion reactors, we have the theory pretty pretty uh, concrete now, right? Yeah. Um, and in fact, uh, they built fusion reactors for research purposes that are beginning to show signs that, you know, perhaps we're getting close to that point where we're producing more power than we're putting in. And that's, that's pretty great. And that's um, awesome. And, yes. and, and it shows that maybe, maybe we actually are closing in on that goal. This is basically just kind of white paper form, right? I mean, this is uh, very early in the, in the thinking of it. And, uh, but yeah, it's always, it's always good to have to, to know that we've not arrived. You know, we 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 don't we don't know it all, and uh, there's 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 more uh, there's more mountains to climb always. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, this is and it's it's good. All, to, all these years we've see. been talking about we've been talking about fusion. It's been kind of described as the ultimate, and here's right. something that's more ultimate than fusion. It's going to be hard to do. 
and it's going to be less risky than than fusion for the same reason, and that is that um, apparently quarks only exist for about a picosecond. So yeah. you've got to really act fast if you're going to, if you're going to um, fuse quarks. But that's the good side of that is you can't kick off a big quark chain reaction. So you can't have a, a dangerous uh, quark fusion meltdown. There's 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 no problem of anything like. And, and like I that, presume perhaps. there was not going to be any um, uh, nuclear waste or any problem like that to deal with. I don't, yeah, I don't think so, because no. this quarks, that's not even going to get to the level of matter, right? Yeah. You're going to have, yeah. <laughs> you're going to have baryons floating around. As far as we know, there's no harm from that, so right. I, th- I think that'll be okay. Anyway, it, it's, it, it's a good one. Yeah, they've, we've been saying that fusion is 20 years out forever. Maybe this one's 60 years out. I think this one might be a little post-singularity. We might need some really advanced AI and other technology to get us there. But it is cool, as you said, just to know there's something there. There's a there's a next step after fusion. Let's keep the let's keep the progress rolling on fusion, and then we can start we start talking about quark fusion, and then whatever lies beyond that. Okay, what's next? What else do we have tonight? This this next one, I I love this story. Um, you know, it, it's it's sort of a microcosm of many of the things that we talk about on the show and I'll get I'll get to that in just a second but it's a robot that can print a $32,000 house in as little as 8 hours and so and it's the mobile so what what they're doing is they're like you know probably printing this in a uh in a factory setting right and then yep. delivering it to your to your site because this is this is very much a tiny home okay yes. this the the one uh, the one that they show in the article is 380 square foot. Looks like uh, they have other models where you can put you can push two together and you know get a uh, a, a yeah like a double know, wide still, still small home, home. Yeah. yeah still small home but uh, you know not a, a, you know but perhaps a little more livable uh, for two or three people to live in. But anyway, it's it, it's very it's a very cool thing, Phil. Uh, looks like uh, you know it, it, it you can live off grid. It's small right. enough to where quite easily with uh, with uh, with some solar power and things like that, you can provide the electricity it needs. Uh, it actually reclaims water uh, from humidity, that, which would be pretty easy to do where I live here in Louisiana. Yep. Um, and and so it's just uh, it's an off grid kind of thing, and can't be a downside to this, can there? Immediately, I don't see a downside. To me, this feels yep. kind of like a you know, we've talked about basic income and we've talked about basic power. Here's basic house, right? Yeah, basic is, shelter. Yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. people. You know, here's yeah. here's a here's a way to crank out for thirty two thousand bucks, kind of at one go, a nice little cottage that someone can live in. And the picture it, it looks very appealing. I think if you follow the link and look at the picture, you're going to see this miniature little house. And obviously, it's lit nice, and they put it in a nice snowy scene, so it looks very warm and inviting, and, and it's all great. Technically, if the panels in it were wood or you know plywood or something like that, rather than the glass, you'd be looking at a shed. That's what we'd call it in the yeah. U.S., right? But right. so what? You can mass produce a shed that you can turn into a house. You can mass produce a a house that that people can actually live in that has all the advantages you just mentioned. That you can you can collect the solar power, you can reclaim water, so it's it's got a much smaller environmental footprint. I think it does sound like a like a great thing. What's your yeah. what's your downside on this one, Stephen? Well, it's not much of a downside. I mean, uh, that people that perhaps could not afford to ha- own a home of their own now can is, a, is, a, is you know, that's, that's a huge upside by comparison to some of the potential downsides. Once we are 3D printing homes, 
And that could be 3D printing homes in a factory setting that are delivered like, like this is. Or it's quite feasible. In fact, there are a, a couple of companies in the world that have these large 3D printers that come to the site and build on the site your, whatever home you uh, you put into the plans, right? Uh, that sure. Are uploaded into well, the, and, and we've yeah. talked about large-scale 3D printing construction, like Dubai says in 20 years, yeah. 30% of their construction is going to be done by 3D printing, right? So the, yeah. there, and, there, there and, definitely is that big side of it too, yeah. Yeah, and so this is rather small, this this first thing. But there's so many people that, that get their employment from from building and from construction. We're talking about a machine that could potentially print the entire the entire structure complete with plumbing and electric and and do it very fast, very cheap, and and all these people that earn their living that way, they you know potentially they might have, start being forced out. I mean, it, it wouldn't happen immediately right i mean this this is a tiny tiny portion of of the homes that are being built will be built this way initially but ultimately though can when you can build potentially any home that you you could you could desire you know 10 times cheaper this way then why wouldn't you do it this way and you will you you make you make a good point about employment and it's just that's an artifact of everything that turns into an information technology gets the people taken out of it. Uh, this, this is yeah. what's happening to all the driving jobs over the next couple decades, and it will right. happen to construction jobs. It's going to happen to a lot of other jobs. Topic for another day, right? Let, right. We're, we're, right. We'll, we'll, we'll look at the we'll look at the good side of this for now, which is that hey, people who couldn't otherwise get a house can get a really nice little house, and right. uh, maybe even pop a couple of those together, like you said, and you got a, you know, you got a good, clean, energy efficient place to live. Pretty pretty awesome. How about this next story? A dying boy gets a new Gene corrected skin. This this is a really exciting story because we're seeing one of these yes. kinds of things every few weeks now. We saw yeah. the story about the guy brought back from a persistent vegetative state. We we had the story about the the little girl who had suffered severe brain damage and they corrected that. We have talked about how gene therapies are going to be used to have in the lab to correct things like heart defects and other problems that newborn babies often have. And here, here's a lot of these different threads coming together in this particular story where basically a kid who had a terrible debilitating condition that was killing him, that had wiped out like 80% of the skin on his body and he was dying, they've grown new skin for him. He, he has grown yeah. new skin and he's fine is the bottom line of this story. And I don't know, it's pretty exciting stuff. Absolutely. Very hope, a very hopeful story. Because yeah. this 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 poor kid, okay, he asked his father, "Why do I have to live this life?" That's the yeah. point at which he was. He he was yeah. ready to die because this it was just too painful, too awful. What uh, to to try to continue? And they and what they've given him is skin that is functionally as good as what he had before. It is his skin, and it doesn't itch. It doesn't hurt. And he looks normal and has and is back back at school and living a normal life. He had the sort of uh, con, uh, and, and this I presume this was burn. This was a burn wound, right? Uh, he was in a burn unit, but my understanding was it actually originated with some kind of uh, illness that he had. I, I might have gotten that wrong. I got it. It's a it's a genetic disorder called epidermolysis bullosa. So it was a, actually a, a, okay. a condition. Yeah. All right. Sorry. He and his family, I'm sure had no hope, no real hope of him having a normal life, really. Right, or, or living and much longer, like for that matter, yeah. Yeah, 
and and that's completely turned around by this. This is this is just so cool, Bill. I mean, and think of all the other conditions that you know, like you say, we're seeing we're seeing stories like this almost weekly. Yeah, and um, these are, capabilities uh, that we've known about for a while, they're running with them. Doctors, yeah, scientists, researchers, they're saying, hey, let's do something with this. And in this instance, it's just a matter of well, they found some good working skin, and grew more skin. Yeah, they isolated this kid's stem cells, grew yep. more skin, and grafted it on him. And incorporated that into the patient. Amazing, yep. amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful story. And it speaks to how a lot of, I mean, there's just huge hope for burn victims, for people with these kinds of diseases, and for all of us when, right. when you hear a story like this. So it's just, it's a wonderful story about this kid's life being saved and his life being made infinitely better. And right. Name the condition that things will be better, <laughs> given a little time. Ray Kurzweil has an almost joke. It's not a joke. It's, it's serious. He says, it's just very important to stay alive the next 15 years. Right. And sort of a joke, I mean, because isn't it always important to stay alive the next 15 years? Yeah, I think life sounds like a good idea, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's preferable to not. But it, it's, it, there's, some serious, uh, there's a serious aspect to it because the next fi- this next 15 years, We'll, we'll see so much more advance, advancement than we've seen in previous, uh, you know, uh, spaces of 15 years. That it's, it's extremely important. Stick around, folks. If you're if you're if you're suffering from something, stick around and as long as you can, because uh, who knows what's around the bend. So that's that's it's uh, it's very hopeful. This is a very well. It's story. what's exciting to me is you know, Steve, when we started doing the blog and we started doing this show. We would talk. We would talk about things like this. We talked about Anthony Atala printing out organs, and we got another printing out organs story coming up right after this one. Talk about the fact that we could take stem cells and grow new skin, and one day we're going to see people receiving these kinds of treatments. And now we can report on these things happening as news stories. It's just right. It's it's very well, gratifying. You know, when we first started talking about it, and this is what about twelve years ago now. Yep. Um, maybe thirteen at this point, but. When we first started talking about it, we, we were talking about it. it was it was such way out stuff that it was the serious people, you know, that perhaps are working in the the fields that we were discussing. You know, these guys are crazy. Well, some of these crazy ideas went from crazy to hmm, potentially feasible to let's test it to now it's being implemented. Now a kid's and, life has been saved. Yeah, I mean that's the... right. So it's 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 uh, it's. It's encouraging all around. Yeah, great stuff. And then let's yeah. take it to the next level here. The next story, spinach leaf transformed into beating human heart tissue. See, now you've got all the good stuff, plus let's just throw in a dose of weird, huh? Right, because <laughs> yeah. spinach leaf, uh, why in the world would, would, would my, you? My kids uh, saw this and actually brought this story to my attention, and uh, they're saying, hey, it's a Popeye heart. You know, yeah, exactly. Kind of there you go. Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's really cool that what they did here. It turns out that uh, plant vascular systems are not that different from the vascular system needed for uh, animal tissue. Right. And so what they did was they basically denatured or took out all the all that makes a spinach leaf a spinach leaf was removed except for the vascular system, and then uh, on that framework they they uh, they they grew human human heart tissue. And, right. uh, and it's they got and it's beating, you know. It looks like it, it's it's in the shape of a leaf, but it's beating. It's pretty cool. Saw a little video with it. So yeah, I guess in order to, in order to make a heart, in order to make a a working heart or to make working heart tissue, one of the tricky challenges that had to be addressed 
was these really fine blood vessels, these really right. super thin blood vessels. And the 3D printers just weren't producing that. They, they, they needed a template for that. And we've talked about the fact that when they're 3D printing organs, even now they need some kind of scaffolding to put it on. They can print out the tissues, right. but actually 3D printing the shape isn't, isn't something that, that has become a solved problem yet. And this is kind of similar to that. This is where you can print out, you have the capability to chemically print it, but you don't have the direction to, to line everything up correctly and give you the, and give you the right shape of it. It's, it's this, the biologist who talks about morphic resonance and is thought of as kind of crazy because he's introduced that idea. But one of the things he talks about are these fields that are generated when tissues are created, that the, the, the shape is actually coming from this field. That may or may not be true, but there's something missing that gives us the shape of an organ when we print it, and we don't have it yet, so we have to use scaffolding for that. And there's something missing that gives us the blood vessel shape for these heart tissues, and we didn't have a way of producing it, so what the heck, just take a leaf and it works, right? It just it, It's a really clever... Rupert uh, Sheldrake. Uh, yeah, thank you, Rupert work. Sheldrake, that's the guy. Yeah, talks about these, uh, these morphic fields that allow... A, a lot of his stuff, take it or leave it, but there must be something to the idea that there's this guiding principle that creates the shape of a tissue that we haven't figured out yet. It may be encoded in the genes, but we haven't found it yet, have we? No, no. Well, so I'm wondering how you use this in a therapeutic setting. So, for example, let's, let's say that you've got heart damage, Phil, from a heart attack. And, and uh, as a patient, uh, you know, um, you're taken in and they, they, you know, have a bunch of spinach leaf-shaped heart tissue grown with, with your own stem cells, right? Yep. And depending on, uh, I suppose, the, uh, the, the, play, the, you know, the damage that they do, I guess they could overlay that over the place where you have damage. And yeah. depending on how much damage you have, you just keep overlaying these, these layer after layer of spinach leaf. layers, right? Yeah, uh, repairing, so repairing your heart with a spinach salad, basically, right? And just yeah, pretty one, great. One, one, one leaf after another until you've got it until you've got got it all fixed. Well, and, until we're able to actually 3D pop out uh, organs, whether it's right. through morphic fields or some other methodology that allows us to do that, we're going to come up with some really clever stuff. And I, this is just one of the most ingenious things I've ever seen. Uh, plus, it makes it just well, such a great. You know, most people are most people don't want a brand new 3D printed heart. If you can fix the heart they have, that's right. probably preferable for most patients, right? Well, um, a, a, a full-on heart transplant is a fairly invasive surgery, let's face it. Yeah, certainly, can, yeah. yeah. If you can fix the heart you've got, that's, that's probably going to be better. And, and this definitely goes to... Yeah, this could um, be almost an orthoscopic surgery. You're putting something as small as, uh, you know, as a spinach leaf, you could, you could do very, very small cuts, couldn't you? Right, right. To, to, to place that in where, where it needs to be. It's, it's interesting, though. Well, you know, like, like we said, a few years ago we talked about growing skin grafts from stem cells and how that would be a treatment one day, and it's become one. Right now we can say, well, I don't know, they can create heart tissues from spinach leaves. Will this become a treatment that we hear about in a few years? It might be. Or they might find another way. This might lead to, this might lead to other findings that finally something else becomes yeah. the way they do it. But it, I wouldn't it, be at all that surprised. It's very well that uh, we use the template of the spinach leaf, but uh, when it finally gets in uh, uh, incorporated into into people, it's just the plan, you know. Right. We don't. We perhaps we get good enough at building the spinach leaf without actually having a spinach leaf in the room, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. It maybe may it maybe just serves as an inspiration to the final treatment. We, who knows? By the time it gets 
implemented uh, where it's gone, but uh, it's it's pretty neat though. I, I think this absolutely. Good. Either way, or, or in a few years, we'll just yeah. be rebuilding our bodies with spinach, and Popeye will be. It'll be a Popeye world for sure. So. <laughs> Strong to the finish. That's right. right. I, we're going to switch gears uh, quite a bit on the next one, talking about a potential new space race, and this is this is cool. The, this is awesome. NASA Orion spacecraft that will bring humans to Mars will undergo moon test mission in 2019. Hey, guess what? That's just year after next, and right. that's not too long from now. No one's no one's been to the moon since 1972, but NASA is planning to send people back to the moon. But first, we're going to take the Orion rocket, NASA says, and send it on a an unmanned uh, mission to the moon in 2019. This is it sounds like a really cool mission. It's going to last. Uh, several days. They're going to take four days to get to the moon, orbit the moon for a week to 10 days, and then come back. So it will be a full-blown lunar mission without any people on board the ship. And they say at its peak, Orion will be 270,000 miles away from the Earth, that it will, uh, it's going to go a little bit further out than Apollo did, I guess, before it swings back into that lunar orbit. So this will be the farthest, I guess, that we've sent anything on a, on a moon mission. And if yeah. they follow the same trajectory for the manned missions, this will be, we'll set a new record for how far we've sent astronauts into space. But what an important step back to the moon. And how does this lead to a space race, Stephen? Well, we've got uh, SpaceX going to be attempting to do something very similar here in the next couple of years as well. They want to send uh, people around the moon, not, right. not, not go in for a landing, but uh, go around the moon in the next couple of years. So you've got, you got potentially a public-private race, which I think would be awesome. I would love to see SpaceX and NASA going toe-to-toe in a friendly competition to get us back to the moon, which I think is an important step to Mars. There's always been this thing, well, should our focus be on uh, Mars or our moon? We, we need to be, we need to have a presence on the moon, I think, as a stepping stone, I think, uh, to getting to Mars. And this is, this, so this is cool. I like this. Yeah, the thing about the moon is it's just right there. If we're right. going to do anything if in space. there's a problem, you can come home. Yeah, of, yeah, you know, by by comparison to coming home from Mars, it's it's it's, it's quite easy. So yeah, let's let's uh, let's work in in our backyard a little bit before we uh, before we go all the way to Mars. So, we, we could learn an awful lot about settling Mars from doing stuff on the Moon, and, and there there have been really cool discoveries over the last few years, and actually just the last few weeks they they found this big. I don't know, volcanic crater or something, they say, well, that would be an ideal settlement, right? You just cap yeah, the cave, yeah. I mean, it's, pressurize it's a, it's it. It's a big cave is what it turns out to be. And I think it, it, it amounts to um, lava tubes, right? And yeah. you go deep, deep into the moon and uh, talk about the kind of, that's the sort of protection you need um, for, for, you know, long-term stays on the moon. So you're not... Yeah, from radiation and so forth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we know so now there's water cool. on the moon, so uh, there's resources yeah. up there. There's, there. there's It's an attractive destination, and so I think it's it's very appropriate that we would get there. And I think what you say is true. You know, a space race got us to the moon the first time. So if some competition between SpaceX and NASA gets us back to the moon, I think that's awesome. And we've also got other contenders. China wants to go, right? Absolutely. China wants to go. India wants to go. There are other potential players in the mix. Maybe Russia will finally get to the moon. Yep. There's... There's there's a lot of potential ways this can pan out, and I think it's very exciting to see. And of course, the Orion, we talk about it as a public built thing, but there must be businesses that are actually building this rocket, right? It's not, you know, it's not NASA is hiring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not like a, a total government thing with no private players at all. But yeah, NASA is hiring you know, it, somebody it, to build this rocket for them. Right, right. right. SpaceX, of course, is 
and 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 SpaceX is funded in large part uh, with uh, public dollars. So, it's, <laughs> so it's, yeah, yeah, it's not as it's not, it's not clean, as clean not, and pure as it looks, but but the, it's the overarching model, right? Government driven versus business driven. That's kind of that, that's kind of what it comes down to. And we'll see we'll see who wins the race to the moon and and on to Mars. Let's keep the keep the competition going. I'm I, I'm just glad to see NASA's in the game. If that uh, if that inspires SpaceX and keeps them moving along too. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, there you have it. A trip to the moon. A heart made out of spinach. A new form of fusion. Kid's life was saved. A robot that can print a house for $32,000. I feel we've done our work, Stephen. We've covered some amazing <laughs> news. If you're not amazed ground. now, you're just way ahead of us, and you should, you should come do the show with us, because I, I personally, right. I, 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 find these, I find these stories inspirational and quite amazing. Absolutely. All right, well, guess what? Friday, we're going to have a different kind of a show. We promised it last week, and we are going to deliver. We're going to do an all-geek half hour talking about Blade Runner 2049 and maybe some related movies. Stephen, look forward to talking with you about that then. Look forward to having you all with us. And until next time, live to see it. 